Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive in these challenging times. We will be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. Yeah, welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today on the show, uh, I have the pleasure of uh, Mark Roberts. Uh, welcome, Mark. Welcome. Thank you for having me. No, it's great to have you on. And uh, as I've always gets to know people on LinkedIn, it's a good way of uh, building that relationship even further. Um, so Mark is, a, is the founder and CEO of OTB Sales Solutions and has served companies uh, from a million uh, sort of dollars all the way up to seven billion uh, dollars uh, in the last 36 years. And so it comes with a lot of experience, a lot of expertise, and he's refined a, a process he calls uh, No Smoke and Mirrors, uh, which I really like, uh, to drive sales and profit growth. Um, so, Mark, I, I just want to really ask and understand, really, um, over this last sort of four or five months, how have you been sort of managing sort of personally, but also in a business context, navigating these, um, I guess, global challenges that we're all facing? Yes. I, you know, like you said, I've been doing this 35, 36 years, and I've never seen such a challenging environment. And I kind of had to go back to my roots, you know, which in my training, I talk about leveraging data. And, you know, what do we know to be true? Um, yep. But the emphasis on true today. Um, some of my clients um, that I'm working with now, you know, when I first speak with them, they're saying, you know, sales is struggling, but we're just waiting for it to go back to normal. Well, it's not going to ever be normal again. You're never going to. Um, you know, I think the phrase is you can never enter a stream at the same place twice because the water is moved. <laughs> um, you know, the, the market has moved. So how do we strategically adjust and pivot based on what the market needs today? And that's the problem I help people solve. And how are you leveraging that data? You know, just give me an example that you've done recently uh, with, a, with a client. Yeah, what, if I have three data sets, I can really help you quickly get onto a plan. Uh, the first data set is your transaction data. You know, everybody's focused on, you know, what they're losing, but where are you winning? And why don't we direct sales, more sales effort towards where you're winning? What verticals are working today? What products are selling today? Um, and look at your transaction data. The other thing is people are looking to save money. So let's look at your transaction data and find those profit leaking accounts, accounts where you're really not making money every time you service them mm -hmm. and correct those. If you really want to make an impact to your bottom line quickly, correct those profit leaking accounts. Uh, then, you know, we need to get in touch with our customers. So I offer a, a service to capture the voice of your customer. And we'll call anywhere from your top 20 customers to one customer of mine recently asked me to call 400 of their customers. And we put together a list of questions your organization needs to know to strategically plan to go forward. And then the last thing I look at is the skills of your people. I have a very powerful sales uh, skills assessment mm -hmm. tool. And, you know, it shouldn't surprise us that, for example, 60% of salespeople are struggling right now with virtual sales if we don't train them and mm -hmm. we don't coach them. So, 
you know, that's what the data tells us. So since, you know, COVID happened, um, you know, what I've been working on, particularly with some trade associations, is I developed some virtual selling courses, mm -hmm. uh, courses on how to um, uh, survive and thrive, um, social selling, you know, basically how to adapt and, and, and actually thrive in this current situation. Okay, I just want to go back to the the data. I want to I want to touch on the the virtual stuff because I think that's really important because we're in that virtual world as we are now. Um, so you leverage you leverage data in the now. Um, how do you help companies? I suppose help them look forward a little bit in using data because obviously there is there's obviously unknown and even more unknown. But how do you use that data to try and help them? I suppose instill a bit of confidence going forward um, based on the now and the historical. Well, like I said, we can look at your transaction data and current transaction data because there's a lot of insights. I tell people there's dollars in the data if you know where to look. But the most valuable thing, if I had to do one thing, and that is speak with your customers, they are going to clearly share with you the challenges they're facing. Maybe you have solutions that they don't even know about because there's a new challenge. Uh, maybe you need to come up with new solutions, new services. Uh, but if there's one single thing is you need to capture that voice of your customers. So to create that engagement, isn't it? And that sort of almost collaborating with your customers like partners and where you get the, the ideas. As you say, they may not be aware of some of the services you offer. And likewise, you, know, you might not be aware of the new direction they're going in where you actually can help them now. So I guess it's that sort of collaboration going on, isn't it? Yeah, because just as salespeople are struggling, your customers are struggling too. Mm -hmm. uh, about 50% of um, businesses are below what they used to purchase, you know, their purchases. 50% uh, are, are at or above. So there's a high probability a large number of your customers are struggling right now. And what I share with people is be the guy, be the person, be the um, trusted advisor that came and helped them through this situation not someone just trying to sell them. Yeah. And how do you, because obviously you work with sales teams, uh, salespeople, you obviously there to motivate them and coach them. And, you know, it is bleak at times and trying to keep that motivation. And, you know, you just said 50% of sort of things are down. What helps are you helping or any sort of tips that would help those salespeople right now who might be listening or sales leaders uh, to help motivate their sales team when things are quite difficult right now? Well, a long time ago, again, I'm dating myself. I used to um, practice martial arts. And okay. right before I'd go into a tournament, my instructor would always say, trust your training. So the first thing I would tell salespeople is trust your training. And if you haven't been trained, which you know, almost half of salespeople have not been formally trained in sales skills, get training. If your company doesn't provide it, take responsibility and own your own training. Read books, go to webinars, um, go to YouTube, look up content. I mean, own your own training. Because um, you have to be very skilled at what you do today. Yeah. So it's going back to that investing in yourself again, isn't it? Which is uh, a lot of talk about. And obviously, I'm, I'm in the world of coaching and training myself. So I'm always encouraging people to invest, uh, not just as a financial thing for me, but actually it pays dividends in inspiring confidence, but also providing um, 
I suppose, an investment in your greatest asset in our company, which is our people. Um, so your your premise is to keep that investing in training, keep people motivated. Um, and just on that, obviously, you've been doing a lot of virtual stuff to try and help people with the whole virtual piece. Uh, just tell us a little bit more about what you've been doing with that and and what response and also some of the insights you're gaining from that as well. Well, what I'm finding is, you know, if if they ask me to assess their teams, we often find that people are struggling with some very basic skills that can be corrected quickly. Mm. Um, but often the tool that I use also identifies mindset challenges. Uh, one team I was working with, I actually had somebody on the team ask, is it okay to start selling again? Because they believed that, you know, you shouldn't be asking for orders and trying to sell people during a pandemic. So what we really need to do as leaders is reframe those limiting beliefs because they're not mm -hmm. serving our salespeople. Um, sales to me is an act of service. Um, finding people, helping people, helping people through their problems. That's what sales is. It's not calling people and forcing them to buy something they don't need. So first we have to reframe those limiting beliefs. Mm. Um, I'm surprised how many salespeople struggle with just talking about money. It <laughs> comes out very clearly on the assessment. Um, either they have an issue talking about money in general, or yeah. as the dollar value of the order increases, they have this mindset that they need to discount. So, so this, is this an assessment that you do or through a various, various questions or how's that done? Yeah, it's done online and okay. it takes about 40 minutes. And then I get a report by individual, but also by the entire team. That way we can do what I call prescriptive training. Um, I tell people, if you want to drive a salesperson nuts, make them take training they don't need. <laughs> so what we do is we assess the team and really quickly working with the leaders, um, collaborate and develop a training plan to give the training that your team needs right now on the content they need most to move mm -hmm. the sales needle. Excellent. I love that reframing. That's really important because I think people have felt with all what's been going on, oh, as you say, I can't sell. And then they get the nervousness of talking about money. And and it's it's that mindset change of saying, actually, I'm here to help the service I provide, the product I provide, provides you with the solution you need, whether whether that's whatever it may be. It's that helping mindset, isn't it? And And we all do that. You do it, I do it. And it's having that, I guess, purpose in mind uh, and almost the, the financial bit becomes that there's almost transactional piece at the end. Actually, I'm here to help you serve your company, serve you individually. And by virtue of that, you'll pay me at some point uh, as part of that transaction. Um, it's and, a very different mindset change, isn't it? And then we have to, as leaders, over-communicate, share what's working, share what's not working. Um, you'd be surprised how many people that I've been working with have a dated value proposition. Their salespeople are going out, trying to engage with people, and the message that they're using that they've used for the last five years no longer resonates. So once again, I mean, you really need to understand your customers, work with your leaders, work with marketing, and create a value proposition that will resonate with the different buyer personas that you work with. Yeah. So it all goes back to engaging people, isn't it? Speaking to people, listening to people, and creating that conversation, isn't it? And I think it's... well and. You just brought up the most important part, which is listening. Um, mm. I'm going to predict some positive outcomes 
from COVID. One, um, buyers have complained about salespeople not listening for as long as I've been in sales. So salespeople are going to learn how to listen and they're going to learn how to do really good discovery up front. Because if you do really good discovery and understand the impact of the problems that your customer's having and how it affects their bottom line, closing actually becomes a natural um, stage. It, it, it's, it's not as an aggressive negotiation as it mm. is a business case. Um, and then the other big outcome is going to be buyers have always expressed a concern that salespeople don't understand the business of my business. Yes. So what COVID is forcing us to do is understand how your customers make money and then provide them solutions to make more money. Because it's got incredibly, it's almost the, the competitiveness has got, is dialed up because everybody's almost trying to get some more income, get revenue. And so, as you said, to be smart about it is have that understanding of insight into your customer, how they operate, what they want, what their needs are. Um, but going back to that conversational piece, isn't it, where uh, you're engaging the human being as opposed to a hey, you're just there to give me some orders, that I, therefore I can make some money. <laughs> and it's interesting because I, I was in sales for many years myself, and I remember initially it was all about just getting an order. I wasn't really interested in the person conversation. I had a target to hit, um, and I realized and I found actually not only was I more effective, but I actually enjoyed it. If I engage in a conversation, talk to people, yeah, of course I would sell the products and I talk about the benefits and, and all that side of thing. Of course I would do all that, but doing a more conversational, less about just getting to an endpoint. And in fact, I often got more than I actually would even wanted in the outcome of my pre-call, pre-sales sort of um, analysis. So it's going back to that uh, reframing again and starting to try and enjoy it as well as um, thinking I'm desperate to try and get an order here. Um, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, because so, that, that, desper yeah, that desperation comes out on the phone. And yeah. I think we've all had those calls from those sales reps trying to make their number. I call them commission junkies. Um, another author um, mm. describes it as commission breath, right? Um, you, you know it immediately when somebody's on the phone all about them. So be yeah. that different person. Take an interest in their business. Have the data. What do other people like them by and why? And give mm. them ideas and insights because what really we need to be doing today is giving buyers those valuable insights that we know uh, that they can't find on your website. Yes. Absolutely. And it's that it's I used, I used to have a thing when I was leading a sales team is always when you talk to a buyer, however often you talk to them, always have something new to talk about. And that could be a, a new insight. Or did you know this in the market? Or did you know so and so has launched this? Or did you know this? It's just that newness. And it was nothing about the products that you were selling. It's just more about providing that additional almost a sort of cliche word added value piece of information that would generate insight and therefore help them make better informed decisions on whatever else they're going to do uh, in that day. So now we're in this world where it's a lot more virtual. I mean, we, we've always been in the virtual world, but now it's got even more so like this, which for me gives massive opportunities because I've suddenly personally gone more global than I was before. And people are more likely to have engagement with me on a Zoom call because they're more comfortable. But if you were selling and selling is about 
people and and getting in front of somebody and the coffee and the lunch, all that sort of the, the most the social side. How do we almost not replicate it, but how do we take that and keep it some of those nuances in a virtual way? Well, <clears throat> there's an author uh, named Ed Wallace who wrote a book on how to strategically build relationships and you know, he, he calls it GPS. And what we need to really understand when we talk to somebody is, you know, what are their goals? You know, what are their challenges? Um, what are their aspirations? I mean, that's when you start building a relationship. So you need to strategically do that. Um, because, you know, again, having done win-loss analysis for my clients, uh, if you ask salespeople, why'd you lose the order? They always say price. But when you call the buyer, um, the number one answer is, I don't think the salesperson was listening to me. And therefore, what he quoted, I didn't trust. So the only denominator that I could look at was price. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, active listening, uh, but strategically trying to build a relationship because relationships are built on competence, competence and then trust. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully your marketing department is, is supplying you really strong case studies business cases about the impact that your uh, solution has done for others. Um, but then you need to connect those dots for that customer mm. to build that confidence in their eyes and then also trust over time. And how, how are you sort of, I guess, providing help to how we do that in a virtual sense, which is a lot more difficult now, I guess. Well, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, you ask a salesperson, how did the meeting go? go? And he saw a great meeting. Okay, but there's no order. Um, where are you at in the process? And that's where um, I like CRMs, uh, believe it or not. A lot of salespeople do not um, because it's a single point of truth. And what we try to do is put your business's sales process into the CRM with different phase gates. So you can't tell me you have 90% close rate opportunity if you haven't quoted, for example. Um if, if you haven't done discovery and, and if you can't answer some very basic questions, um, I'm going to send you back to have another discovery call because I need to see that you've done those in the in the CRM that prepares yeah. you to build that business case to help the buyer buy. Hmm. Because, you know, people when you ask people, what is a buyer's job? The first thing salespeople is save money. No, their job is to keep the business running. Yeah. Obviously, they want to save money, but the number one job is to mitigate risk. So if you're going in there as a new supplier, your job is to build that relationship and trust that working with you won't be a risk. Mm. And what I'm unfortunately seeing in a lot of these Zoom calls is people that aren't prepared. Um, I'm a big fan of pre-call planning. There's no excuse to ask a buyer a question that you could have found on their LinkedIn profile, for example. Yeah. Um, so, you know, stop doing Zoom call after call after call every 15 minutes and take the time and really pre-call plan and think about what you're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Read your notes of the prior discussions. Know where you are in the sales process. Understand the buyer's journey. Where are yeah. they in this process and what do they need to move mm-hmm. to the next step? And you're going to outperform most salespeople. Almost that sort of, almost that basics of selling, isn't it? That sort of prep, uh, uh, preparation, isn't it? And planning before a call. Well, and, it, it, and again, I, I hooked into the phrase, no smoke and mirrors, because it's what I believe in. Um, 
you know, don't lie to customers, serve them. Mm -hmm. uh, no hidden tricks or techniques, no scripts, just, in, you know, understand their needs and give them advice. And if they need something that you don't offer, um, help them find it. I, yeah. I spend a lot of time and effort helping people solve problems that may not even be sales problems. I'll send you a link to somebody that I know. Uh, maybe yeah. you need leadership advice. Maybe you need marketing advice. Um, mm. Could I do that? Yeah. But if what you're describing is something not in my wheelhouse, I'll send you to somebody in my network because that builds trust as well. Yeah, and it, it's interesting. It, it seems to circle back to this this mindset, isn't it, of when we're faced with our customers, it's, and you said those words, serving and helping, and that's the difference, isn't it? And that, that difference by you serving your customer, you want what's best for them, but the fact that you can't always offer it, but actually I can point them in the direction, uh, creates that trust, creates that engagement, and creates that whole sort of relationship, which just goes into a nice virtuous circle, doesn't it? Well, and, and again, true story. There was a customer out on the West Coast and I was working with them. I got it to the close. I quoted my um, uh, my solution and the CFO said, look, at this point, we're actually more worried about keeping our lights on. Um, you know, we would like to work with you in the future. Call back in November. And I said, okay, well, would you like to have a free session with your salespeople and let me help them get ready you know, for the future. And he was like, well, what's in it for you? I said, well, I believe we're going to work together in the future. So anything I can do to make your team stronger now, I will. And then he shared some other challenges that he was facing. And I sent him articles about those challenges within 24 hours. Long story short, I just picked up an account that's a friend of his in a trade association that he recommended this person to work with. Me. So will that always happen? No. But my mission every day when I pick up the phone is find people that need help and help them. Brilliant. I love that. And I think that's, that's for me, the biggest takeaway today on this is that having that mindset of wanting to help and serve those customers, whoever clients, how you term it will be, is the, is the approach to have. And going back to that reframing of salespeople getting into that place, um, it becomes, they're not trying to sell something there. It's they're there to help and serve. And, and just by virtue of saying to somebody, if you want to help out here or serve somebody, people want to do that. And it just they do. changed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's, that's, that's brilliant. And as simple as it is, um, and that, that's the, and it is simple, <laughs> but, but quite difficult for some people because you get caught up in the data, which is not a problem with the data, you get caught up in KPIs. Uh, I think it's just, lifting our gaze just a bit bigger and higher uh, above the the numbers and you know seeing that bigger purpose but also seeing people that are involved in this process yeah and what i've been you know coaching my clients on is first really spend time with your current customers and build those relationships go wide and go deep right um this is the time because people are going to remember the person that tried to help them through this yeah. <clears throat> not necessarily the people who tried to sell it Mm. No, that's important. I like that. Um, so we're coming to our time uh, to the end. Uh, just just time just goes by here, uh, which is great. And you know, sales is, is is the you know the sort of the engine of a of a business. You need sales. You need revenue. You need clients. And I hope 
my audience, those sales leaders, business leaders, will take uh, your expertise, your advice, your insights you provide today and use that uh, to instill uh, that reframe, instill that mindset in their own salespeople or even in, amongst themselves uh, to help their uh, organizations thrive. Is there any last things you want to just throw in as a um, bonus sort of tip from you and, and that helps you, whether it's a mindset thing or a strategy that you've come up with in, in the last sort of three or four months? Well, and it, it all gets back to the act of service. And again, my friend and author, Ed Wallace, talks about worthy intent. Before you pick up the phone, before you have a meeting, what is your worthy intent to serve this person? If you can't answer that question, you might want to pause and strategically pause because your intent will come over in the meeting, on the phone, in your voice. Um, and again, the last thing I'd like to leave with everybody is if we're not connected on LinkedIn, feel free to connect with me. Um, mention that you saw this. And if you have any questions or struggles, um, you know, uh, reach out to me. And if I can help you, I will. If not, I'll connect you with somebody who can. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Mark, yeah, where can people get hold of you? Do you have a website as well? People can get hold of you on a website or is it just through LinkedIn? Yeah, I'll be uh, salessolutions.com. And then yeah. also on my LinkedIn profile, there's a number of links to articles I've written. Um, if you Google the term fixed sales problems, I'm usually number one in the world. Um, but yes, I prefer LinkedIn and we can start a conversation. And if I can help your team, I will. Brilliant. I really appreciate your time uh, today, Mark. Uh, it's been really, I've re it's really helped me and I'm sure it helped others. Uh, thank you for coming on. Well, thanks for inviting me and I've enjoyed your other shows. So uh, it's a real honor to be invited to be on. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you.